Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode, the inaugural episode of the Rate the Record podcast. That is if you don't include last week's episode zero, but that was just introduction. This is the actual real thing this time. So I am Chris, and I'm and sitting here with... Savannah. Well, kind of sitting here because we're obviously on Zoom. This is a whole different thing. I mean, if you're listening to audio only, yes, this is actually a Zoom call, um, but eventually it'll be done in person, but that's down the road. But yep. For now, we just wanted to get this done. We've been talking about this for months, and we're finally here that we can do this podcast. So what this podcast is, rate the record. We just choose a random record of our own choosing. I feel like I'm just using a lot of words like repeatedly right now. <laughs> and then we'll discuss the record, we'll rate the songs, and then, if you'll believe it, we'll rate the record. Ooh, I had no idea we were going to rate the record on Rate the Record, but you know what? I'm excited, and I am ready. Sometimes things are hidden in plain sight, but sometimes you have to do a lot of guessing, and I think that's what the show's <laughs> going to be. Rate the Record? Is it like a TV show? No, not quite. But anyways, yeah, so that, that's what we're going to be doing. And that's what we're going to be doing for every single episode, including today, which today is being the inaugural episode. We're doing Pearl Jam's 10, which, by the way, yes. just turned 30 years old last oh. Friday, I believe, August 27th. So that's why we felt this was like a great place to start. And also, you know, being one of the uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, grunge music, I feel like this is an important album to dig into. It, it really makes me feel old when I hear that albums are turning 30 and then I think of how old I'm turning and I'm like, oh, no, no, please, no, please, no, take it <laughs> when back. When you're older than the album, it starts to feel a little weird when it hits like milestone marks. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's definitely a reminder of my own mortality and uh, it hurts. It really hurts. One day closer to death. But you know, it doesn't die <laughs> music. <laughs> That's how we're going to get the podcast started on this very dark note. Ain't that a but, fact. But yeah, we all we will be doing 10 today but before we discuss 10 and the songs on it and everything like that give you our own opinions uh savannah would you like to tell anything to the audience so that way we don't get crucified for our decisions the following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on rate the record regarding this album is strictly of our own personal interests we are not professional music reviewers we are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music we encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Exactly. <laughs> and chances are you're going to hear that disclaimer in every episode because we know that yes. people, new people will come in all the time and we want to make sure that everyone's on the same level yes we do encourage this discussion of the albums and you're probably you might disagree with some of the things we say or you might completely agree with the things we say regardless we can have discussions but we don't have to resort to belligerence bullying or anything of the sort yeah stay respectful and don't be a jerk so here we go let's dig into 10 now because i feel like we've been talking a lot as it is without talking <laughs> about music so pearl jam's 10 let's talk about pearl jam just for a second here pearl right. jam is a band formed out of seattle washington in 1990 in case you didn't know the band's founders bassist jeff ament and guitarist stone gossard i always say his name weird <laughs> uh they're originally from the seattle-based band mother love bone and but they disbanded in 1989 shortly after the death of frontman andrew wood but wood's roommate chris cornell who 
is of Soundgarden, which I'm pretty sure you're going to hear them at some point on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, not, not exactly. We don't have it planned. Uh, anyway, let's not talk <laughs> about that yet. <laughs> uh, he approached Amanda and Gosard. I'm going to say that like five different ways. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> to regarding, one of them sticks, so you're corrected. I'm, I'm going to piss people off and say Gosard. Like as if there's like an apostrophe just after the G. <laughs> no, he, he, he approached Amanda and Gossard regarding uh, recording a couple of tracks that Cornell had written about Andrew Wood in tribute to him. Uh, they agreed, and they also brought the young, talented singer they that had heard some de- demo tapes for, and that singer was Eddie Vedder, who we know as the lead singer of Pearl Jam now. Uh, the project would go on to become Temple of the Dog, and they would release only one album. It was a self-titled album, amazing, and very well might dig into that one day as well. I think we probably should. Yeah. Uh, but shortly after, Vedder continued working with Ament and Gossard in what would eventually go on to become Pearl Jam. <laughs> and then their debut album, which we're getting in today, today is, uh, by the way, I wrote these notes myself. Like, obviously, I've got it from different sources, but I, you know, I'm trying to keep these in my own words. <laughs> So that way I'm just telling you, no, I'm not plagiarizing. <laughs> also, how, it, it's hard to not say things that are similar that have already been spoken about before. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah this story is fairly well known just being part of the grunge scene and everything. But, uh, you know, for any fans that are leaning more towards Alice in Chains, leaning more towards Nirvana, you know, this is Pearl Jam. And I'm, I'm really surprised that this is what they released as their first album. And I'm really excited to just sort of get my teeth into it, you know. I think I'm excited to get into the entire uh, Mount Rushmore of grunge eventually. Which, spoiler spoiler alert, maybe this will say a lot, I don't know, but there is another Mount Rushmore type grunge band coming up soon. Uh, We'll get into that weeks to come. (laughs) But to all the other, uh, you know, maybe there's like some new music fan, infant people listening in the audience who don't know the story. That's the the Coles Note version. But 10, the debut album from Pearl Jam, was released August 27th, 1991. Happy 30th birthday. Uh, it was recorded at London Bridge Studios in Seattle. The singles off the album were Alive, Even Flow, Jeremy, and Oceans. Chances are you've at least heard three of four of those tracks. Oceans was like the little more of an obscure, obscure one. But the other three, my God, they're everywhere, anywhere, all the time. Uh, one of the more highly acclaimed albums that actually helped shape the grunge scene because it hit number one on the Canadian album charts and number two on both the U.S. Billboard 200 and the Billboard Heat Seekers album charts. That's a lot of words. <laughs> and uh, the song Even Flow was actually the highest charting single from the album across the world, hitting number three on the U.S. mainstream rock track charts. The album went 13 times platinum in the U.S., selling over 13 million copies. It also went seven times platinum in Canada and Australia, the former selling 700,000 copies and the latter selling over 490,000 copies. Every country has their own different distinctions, but that's still pretty awesome. Yeah, so after we dig into that album and everything like that, now you know what's going on. And I know everything kind of seemed mechanical in the beginning there, kind of reading off a script. But the good news is there's not much of a script to go on anymore. I have like some notes regarding some of the tracks. We're going to talk about the track list. We don't necessarily have to rate the tracks yet. We're just going to talk about the songs in chronological order. But then we're going to rate the songs and then ta-da, rate the record. Yeah, Marie, we speaking from our heart, not from our notes. Right? Partially right from here. the notes, like 75% <laughs> here, 25% there. <laughs> So the album 10 kicks right. off with the song Once. So what do you think about the song Once? Um, so 
just every time I hear this song, I think of two things. I think of, I think of a mixed CD that I used to play in my 1997 Cavalier, and I had no idea who it was, but I love the song. So every time I hear it, I'm just transported back. Wait, was it your CD or did like someone make you like a hot mixtape? I don't know where it came from. <laughs> did you just find it under the seat? <laughs> well, it's, it's probably one of those, uh, hey, let me borrow your CD book, and it's in there, unlabeled, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take this. <laughs> but that's I I really like the song. Um, I also think of I guess just thinking of the beginning of the song, just sort of the uh, I don't know I guess sort of sonic scape sort of at the beginning. Yeah, I always it think of some sort of it's like a little quieter and everything like that. So like you don't know what to expect going into the track when you hear that. Yeah, like in in my mind is kind of like a like a, a steam mill or something where everything sounds very um, metallic and mechanical. And then when the music kicks in, it kind of feels like they're playing a show in a really rundown club or something. It's it's very strange, the the picture that it paints in my mind. It's funny because I actually have written in my notes too, like in, again, my point form, that this sounds like the kind of track you would hear like – at the beginning of a concert while the, the like the sound guys are still setting up everything like that you know how yeah. like, you quietly hear music in the background just like this ambient music yeah. that's what the opening of this track reminds me of I was like oh this so this is getting me set for the concert that is this album yes yeah yeah it really pumps you up I, I like the the I guess not speed but just the vibe of it just the feeling is very energetic and I like that a lot yeah because this is a good song to kick off the album with too because like and also there's a really nice payoff going into the first course because like the verse itself is tame like it's still mm -hmm. good and energetic but it, it, there's a tameness to it but then as it builds to the course it just gets more aggressive and louder and everything like that to the point where it just breaks into the course it, like it feels like a good payoff yeah. I think I'm going to say that more than once too when it comes to payoff <laughs> <laughs> and uh, flowing into the bridge I like the sort of muttering because it along with how energetic it was just before then it kind of feels sort of like an internal monologue where it's like you have all this pent-up energy inside and it's just going on inside your head kind of thing and also I, th I feel like Eddie Vedder I mean I don't think anyone's going to correct me on this because I think everyone agrees he's a man with a lot to say so mm -hmm. I mean if he's going to write a lot of lyrics for one particular track he's going to go as fast as he can to get them all out oh, he doesn't definitely. seem like the kind of guy who wants to cut himself off but yeah the, the song actually I, I even have notes about the bridge too but like the song is excellent for like these like a lot of like little licks and riffs that it has especially in the verse and just like the opening itself yeah and yeah the, although i will say uh I, I, we gotta nitpick a little bit sometimes too i felt the bridge went on a little longer than it probably should have yeah not saying it's bad but i mean like i don't know there's it, it felt like it could have concluded a lot quicker than it did mm -hmm. and again like we don't we don't we're not just gonna like rain praise on every single song and album and everything like that so i feel like this is a good point to step into like this is what i felt about it but it was still a good song though it's not bad yeah and i i won't disagree because i mean what you look for in a song is completely different from what i look from lick from what i look for from a song yeah please don't lick the cd <laughs> <laughs> i I might. I mean, I like it. If you like it enough. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, our, our rankings are definitely indicative of what we like and our preferences and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't feel the same, but... Uh, 
you know, I, I definitely I like the the breakup of the aggression where it's sort of calm and then it just sort of pows back again. That makes sense, too, because I also like that kind of thing. I like when a song can transition well from like part to part, even if one part feels completely different. Yeah. But th- this one, I don't know. I, I felt like it stumbled a little bit, but it, it picked itself back up. It's fine. And it, it's, it wasn't enough to throw me off of the song. Yeah. Like it was enough that I was like, that was a little strange, but OK, let's keep going. And then we kept going. Song ended. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. Has a couple, uh, you know, bruises and scratch knees, but it's on running again. It's I going. mean, you're, you're going to get bruises and scratch knees and grunge music. OK, let's not pretend like it's a clean genre. <laughs> the name yeah. is grunge and there's a reason why it is. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, obviously, there's clean sounding grunge acts out there, too. But you know what we mean. Mm-hmm. But you anyways, know what we mean. Now we go into the next song, one of the bigger, the most popular Pearl Jam track probably ever. Even Flow comes yes. next on the album. And man, oh, man, like it, it was so interesting. Oh, interesting is a word to use, I guess, to go back and listen to this song because now this song would be rated highly for me and it kind of is as you'll probably see that later but the problem is that this is one of those songs and I want to explain this real quick before we get too deep into this Um, this song has what I like to deem in my own personal preference the Hotel California effect and so what that is to me is a song that I initially loved and enjoyed uh, something that excited me to listen to but then I heard it way too many times over the years and again like I'm not reveal your age but we're both in our 30s and so i mean like we've been around long enough to be able to listen to these songs yeah uh and with hotel california liked it but then i started hearing it more and more on the radio just constantly and i got sick and tired of it although granted i'm not sick and tired of even flow but it does feel that effect of like oh it's even flow okay like it doesn't excite me like it used to but other than that i have good things to say about it (laughs) yeah i i definitely relate to to that feeling um you know my one of my favorite bands i can listen to all of their songs but any of the ones that they repeatedly play on the radio i'm like you know what i love the band i would love to listen to this but i am just mentally exhausted from listening to it over the course of my life that i think i can do with just not hearing it again i'm just gonna walk away just gonna walk away and come back when it's over oh it's okay we can call out the song we were talking about it was tom sawyer by rush (laughs) i am if can you tell that i hate rush can you tell that i hate this band so much i have my rush sweater with me (laughs) i have four rush shirts but i hate them so much no obviously i don't but don't worry we'll get into rush when we get into them and chances are there's gonna be a lot of high scores (laughs) but we're we're back to even flow now but yeah as i said hotel california effect but it's still a really good song because like i feel like this song being as early as it is on the album was this good introduction of like kind of like a softer and heavier type sound Mm-hmm. kind of like plays with the emotions a little bit kind of takes in a bit of a roller coaster it felt good about it like it did it better than once did i'll say that much yeah i i really like the vocal additions just sort of the he's and the haws and the just sort of the space filling it didn't feel unnecessary it felt very i don't know it 
it felt like it fit when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, and actually, uh, to tag on to that too, because one thing I really liked about the song was how well the transitions were done. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you, you'll find that a lot across this album, and like many bands transition well, but like th- this song in particular, just like it flowed so nicely. So you, you didn't really have to think about the next section of the song or anything like that, or suddenly feel something different. Just it flowed, melt like melded really nicely. And also, was I gotta it, say, was it an even flow? This podcast is over. <laughs> this is done. I'm out of here. Oh, now I'm messing up my perfect hair. Oh, no. <laughs> I, we did not agree to dad jokes. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, I already ripped off my headphones. I said we're done. <laughs> Okay, I guess back on track since if we still have time. Yep. Um, I, the one thing I really wanted to point out too that I have in my notes is like you could say this uh, again. Another thing you could say about any track on this album or band in general, but with Eddie Vedder specifically, I think his writing was like on point for this yeah. track. Like he's a fantastic songwriter. I don't think Eddie Vedder's ever fallen flat when it comes to songwriting, but yeah. there's something about the way this song was written that just feels the best. And obviously, people will say that about different Pearl Jam songs. Like this one's my favorite. This one but like something about even flow was just written so nicely yeah i uh i know that a lot of people will sort of make fun of it just for the seemingly nonsensical lyrics where it's like what is he saying he's just mumbling but the song is actually about homelessness and when you think about it or even just sort of read the lyrics it's like wow this is a lot more i guess profound or more um, I guess important than it seems on the surface. It seems a little more deep. I guess that's one thing I should uh, I should have pointed out in the beginning, uh, which is fine if you did. That's fine, but like I I didn't do too much lyrical analysis, which is kind of weird considering I'm a musician. I actually write lyrics and I like analyzing lyrics, but that's yeah. the one thing I didn't do going into this. Maybe I should have because like I know that Vedder's lyrics are very personal, and I also know that's why I think it was uh, the song Black wasn't a single because he felt it was too personal to make a single. Uh, like I was just reading by that. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that's what I think I came across. But anyways, Black comes up later because it is on this album. But yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe I should have done some lyrical analysis so that way I could maybe give the songs better and or worse ratings. Who knows? <laughs> well, to be honest, neither did I. Um, I just know enough about the band to kind of have that in my, my little brain files. But... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't say anything else about any lyrics of any other song, but uh, I know I really hit the mark on this one. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we can uh, probably have a thing or two to say about Jeremy, because I think a lot of people know uh, what yes. Jeremy is about. And yeah. if you don't, then uh, it's, I mean, Eddie Vedder writing about dark subject matter, is, it, that's so strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. As if like this whole album wasn't a dark tone in, uh, in lyrics and, well, I guess the music's a little bit more upbeat to kind of counteract that. That's one of my favorite things in music is where a song will lead you to believe it's actually happier than it is. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite examples of that, um, which is maybe an artist we'll get into one day, um, Elliot Smith, who, if you know who Elliot Smith is, uh, super sad and depressed guy, lived a, uh, just a very sad life, but he, he had a 
like a beautiful way of songwriting fantastic voice for it like so fragile but it fit and there's a song he wrote called memory lane which is the happiest bounciest little acoustic folky riff you've ever heard but if you listen to the lyrics it is the most terrifying thing you'll ever listen to oh wow just uh, like again maybe we'll break that down one day if we come to that album but until then just understand maybe go listen to um once we're done this podcast go listen to memory lane by elliot smith and then listen to more elliot smith because i i love him so much it's unfortunate <laughs> he's no longer with us yeah but yeah so that's even flow for you and I, I think we more or less agree that it's 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 still a good song despite it's like you know over usage on the radio oh yeah yeah it's definitely uh a little overbearing when it comes to the pearl jam catalog i'm always yelling at the radio I'm like they have other songs <laughs> play exactly. other songs please one song that I always like if you, it comes to radio singles for Pearl Jam the one I never hear anymore is Do the Evolution and I yes like the, the video is beyond amazing because Todd McFarlane I mean just is best animator <laughs> and I mean just the song itself too is fantastic and Eddie's like like insane performance on it just like he sounds like he's going crazy while singing it it's fantastic there's a uh, local radio station that'll do uh, 90s at 9 and uh, they will play Do the Evolution I've definitely heard it well, but at it's at really only within that time constraint yeah. you know well at least you have that opportunity if it's if there's a request line that'd be, that'd be perfect oh yeah heck yes all right so speaking of songs that are on the radio a lot <laughs> we come to the next single of pearl jams mm-hmm. and that is alive yes this song uh so i'm i'll tell you my rating later on as we get to it but i did rate it quite high even though when it comes to the radio singles from Pearl Jam, like Jeremy's another one that comes up a lot, and we'll talk about that when, when it comes up. But Alive to me is one that I don't ever seem to tire of too much. Maybe uh-huh. it's just that I don't hear it as much as like Even Flow or Jeremy yeah. or anything like that. So Alive has always kind of like s- still been a very like highly praised song by me. I I like it. Um I kind of lump it in with Even Flow. It's sort of the same to me is kind of like a radio staple of theirs every time I hear Pearl Jam on the radio it's always one of those or Jeremy and it's sort of kind of losing its luster in a way but I think my favorite thing about the whole track is just the vocals it's the vocals stand out to me so much and as a professional shower singer I love just belting it out in the shower and it's just it's I I like that song. I love this song for that. No one should ever uh, shit talk you if you want to sing in the shower because the acoustics in the bathroom are fantastic for that. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Sometimes I'll lay in my tub, fully clothed, in the middle of the day just and just sing. And that's it because it's just, it's that ego booster of, yeah, I am a great singer. And then I sing somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, not really. Not really. <laughs> hey, to all the amateur producers out there, just remember that reverb does a lot for vocals so just remember that i'm also kind of in that like producer range too so there there's your hot tip of the day <laughs> but anyways back to alive because we're supposed to be discussing pearl jam yes, you're gonna yes. find that we, you're gonna find that we wander off the path way too often uh but yeah i feel this song is another one that's like a good balance of like soft and like not aggressive energy but just like enough to pick you back up but the thing is like this song is insanely catchy it's probably the catchiest song in the album like i know jeremy is in its own way and even flow and everything but alive i think there's like all of five words in the chorus and the melody is so memorable that like 
it's the most earwormy song of the entire album. That's not a bad thing at all. I, I guess if you can sort of picture taking a road trip, listening to Alive, I feel like it's a it's a bumpless road. It's just completely smooth. It's just drives right beginning to end. There's no sort of jerking or moving or uncomfortableness. It's just beginning to end completely smooth. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, that was it. I kind of wanted more of that. It's interesting that you note that because I actually have some notes on that. But my first one is like, despite the length of the song, because it is over five minutes, uh, every second is utilized very well. Um, Like, because you you think that like a song over five minutes has a tendency to stretch too long and like, oh, you could have ended this like a minute ago, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Something about live, you just don't even think about the length and you're just enjoying every moment of it. Yeah. But okay. so again, trying to get nitpicky about things. This is super (laughs) nitpicky because I feel like, again, we don't want to just like sing praises all day. I have this written with parentheses too on my notes. Uh, and I, I feel this is fair and maybe it's just my headphones, but I, this is what I felt. Um, portions of the guitar solo in the, like the, towards the end of the song sit a little too heavy on the mix. So it feels really out of place and kind of takes me out of the immersion of the song. Mm-hmm. Cause suddenly one thing is emphasized too heavily. And so I'm just like, it kind of brings me back to that energy I was feeling throughout the rest of the track. Like, it's not that it makes the track terrible by a long shot, because, again, it's it's a fantastic song, probably one of my favorites on this album, if not by Pearl Jam in general. But, I mean, I don't know, just... It, it takes me out of the ending a little bit as it's at its most energetic point. I did write in my notes that I felt that a lot was going on musically because I'm listening with headphones, everything's really close, and it kind of felt like there was just sort of... I don't know. At at a certain point, it just sort of felt chaotic in a organized chaos, I guess. Yeah, I I don't I don't mind chaos in music, because especially if it's done properly, it can be like a really interesting experience. But there's just something about the way that guitar was mixed, the solo that it sits like heavily. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like when I edit this, but this is my left side. (laughs) And uh, this is where the guitar solo sat most of the time. It was just so prominent that it yeah. took away from everything else that was happening in the song and so that's why it kind of pulled me back just a bit yeah but like that's me being super super nitpicky like other than that like again I love Alive fantastic track yeah I definitely agree um, I really enjoyed the introduction of the acoustic guitar at the beginning and I, I like that sort of the fresh bright sound to it I I felt it kind of disappeared as the song went on but at the beginning it was definitely a welcome change from the heaviness of once and even flow yeah and that, like I think that's the best part about the acoustic in that track is the fact like it kind of knew its place and mm-hmm. it knew when to make its exit obviously that's a conscious decision by the writers but the idea is just like it fell right where it was and because you didn't even notice it gone like you don't notice until you listen to it again it's like oh yeah because it did kind of disappear or that or just fades into the mix either or but regardless like it it served its purpose it was there and then we could just move on and it can be proud of itself for knowing that it added such (laughs) an integral part of the song yeah all right, so let's go on to why go. Wait, did you have something to say? No, 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 no. Continue okay. on. Continue on. Yeah. So song four, why go? Uh, so I'll say this much in the beginning. Like um, I heard ten a long time ago for the first time. I I couldn't tell you. It's maybe been two decades since now. Um, 
So I forgot a lot about this album, and this is one of those ones I haven't revisited, not because I don't want to, but mm-hmm. because, like, you know, I'm always listening to new music, and I also have preferences, so, I mean, just, like, everything gets piled on top of each other. So this is one of a handful of songs in this album that I forgot. But then, like, I really kind of enjoyed it more than I think I ever remembered enjoying it. Because, like, one of the things I noticed is this song reminded me a lot of the song Once. Uh, yeah. But I felt this was done better than Once. I, personally, I really like this song. Um, the beginning drums of it reminds me of Rush's Animate. Just every time I hear it, that's the first thing I go to. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I like it because it's very... It seems aggressive. I know that, you know, earlier songs of the album are fairly aggressive sounding, but... A word that'll come to lot, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. And it feels... I don't know. It feels very fitting with just sort of... I don't know. It's it, it's hard to, to describe without sort of going into a lyrical analysis, which I am definitely not going to do right now. But uh, it, it feels very fitting for the song, the the grit and the aggression in the, the vocals, which is something I'm probably going to bring up a lot coming up. Yeah. Actually, that's that's one of the notes I have, too, is that like I really liked the aggression and emotion shown in this one, especially going into the first chorus, because the first chorus, like, everything gets quiet, and he's just like, why go? Why go? Like, that whole thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's so, because most people are used to a structure of a song where it's like, the verse builds into the chorus, and the chorus is like the loud kind of climax to that portion. Whereas, I like the opposite there's a few bands I I know that do this a lot where they'll have like this more aggressive louder whatever verse and then the chorus gets quiet Mm -hmm. so it kind of it's like I don't know anti-anticipation it pulls you back and like I don't know there's something I really enjoy about that because like it's it's, it feels new it feels exciting I know it only happens once in the song but I really enjoyed that particular like that moment to me was like a pretty cool moment just an aside do you ever find that a louder verse and a quieter chorus is a little bit more unsettling because you don't hear it all the time or it does feel a little fresh every time you hear it it is unsettling because again as i was kind of saying before too like you expect a louder chorus and so suddenly you are just unexpectedly thrown into this world of change Mm -hmm. where it's just like you were anticipating something big and i'm just like oh this this is different like what am i supposed to feel like is the rest of the song follow this like what like because then you would think to yourself like your brain's probably telling you the vo- the the verse might be a little quieter the next one might be a little quieter and just build off that but yeah. then it just it comes right back in with the aggression again with the verse so it's just like oh and then the next course is aggressive like not aggressive but like louder yeah. so i mean yeah it, it kind of like deceives your expectations a little bit but i really enjoy that yeah yeah i definitely agree with that for sure it's uh kind of a a mind tug where it's where is this leading what's happening and and i i like that it's it's fitting it's very fitting one thing i did like about the song too it was kind of quick and to the point i mean like which is not a bad thing by any stretch of imagination like sometimes short songs work very well as long as you can get your message and point out in that amount of time that's fantastic my only nitpick of this is like because i actually like the track enough i felt like they could have done more with it and probably lengthened it a little bit like they could have played with it a little more because i was enjoying it enough that i was like yeah you could have maybe played with those like dynamics of like doing quieter louder a little more and just like i don't know taking us on a little more of a ride than the song did initially so again just being nitpicky but that's the way i felt about it yeah just building off that point um 
personally, I think it could have turned predictable for it to sort of, instead of the roller coaster with a huge dip and, you know, sort of um, kind of an unpredictable ride, it could have sort of been, okay, I, I know that this chorus is going to go quieter the third time around or sort of a, a repetition of patterns kind of thing. So I think maybe them cutting it off was a good choice to sort of, okay, we're done. We have nothing else to say. Shut it down. That is a fair point because actually that's the one thing I didn't write in my notes on purpose because I knew I was going to say it for every single song. And like, <laughs> th- this isn't necessarily something I want to pick on any band for, um, but this album was full of generic structuring, like uh, A, B, A, B, C, and then B, B, you're done. And to, to people who don't know what that means, like the way songs are usually structured by musicians is like A is like your verse, B is your chorus, C would be like a bridge. And like you yeah. obviously have bands who have more sections and then do things differently so you might have b2 c2 type thing but the idea is like the vast majority of popular tracks you'll hear by certain bands are a b a b c b b done yeah and so that's what a lot of this album was and so yeah maybe it's better that why go didn't fall into that too heavily i guess because i mean there were two different courses like two very different courses so it's like there's a b1 and a b2 yeah and so that's i can appreciate the um like i guess the uniqueness of that particular type of composition yeah but other than that like i enjoyed the song not bad oh, yeah. i i like how fast it is i am a a very uh personally erratic person so any of these fast songs definitely appeal to me and that one stuck out immediately oh it's too bad animal wasn't on this album then oh i love that animal is (laughs) to me i aside from like alive i think animal might be one of my all-time favorites from pearl jam yeah the first time i ever heard it i think it was like 14 and i was just like oh (laughs) (laughs) this is mine now all right, so we'll move on to um, a song that I I swear was a, actually it technically was a single, but Pearl Jam didn't want it to be a single. Black, yeah. uh, and um, so Savannah and I talked about this off camera, and I think we maybe even I've already forgotten what we've talked about in this podcast. <laughs> um, so this was supposed to be a single initially because the record company wanted them to, but they declined because I think one of Eddie Vedder's biggest things was despite the fact that all of his lyrics are personal as it is and like they all tell a story this one was apparently a little too personal and so he didn't want to make it into a single but I mean you could still hear the song on the radio all the time so I mean like it's it's a staple like the Pearl Jam concerts if if you've ever seen them live so I mean like I don't know Black is still one of those very notable songs that I consider a single although it's technically not I don't know it's it's weird to explain that well I'm surprised that it actually when I found out that it wasn't an official single because I have heard it on the radio so many times that not releasing it is kind of like a what really I didn't know there's no way and then you look it up and you're like oh damn okay okay I didn't check into it so maybe it's a b-side of another one of the singles like I don't know Mm -hmm. because like you know you you could release like Jeremy and then like Black is like the b-side yeah or even Float like it doesn't really matter which one you choose but like I feel like Black must have been on at least one of those singles if there were singles altogether I honestly don't know yeah I will say this about the song though um this one like 
this, this is where it gets difficult to not repeat myself with things I've already said because I mean, there's a lot I could say about a lot of the songs. Yeah. But I, I feel this song has a use of emotion and it's really well utilized and like used properly, especially in the first, like going into the first course. Oh, wait, sorry. I was reading the wrong note, but it is an excellent <laughs> use of emotion. There you go. I just said it excellently used, it says my note exactly. It's excellent use of emotion in the song. Very effective. There you go. Oh, yes. Because uh, it is like, I mean, this song kind of takes you everywhere. Like the, the verse kind of misleads you a little bit to make it sound like a little gentler, like kind of like a, the sweeter side of things. Yeah, yeah. Although this is, uh, I, I said I wouldn't, I, I don't really go into lyrical analysis, but this one I do know about because uh, Eddie Vedder said this song is kind of like about first relationships and like that feeling you get from them, but then they end and it's just kind of like that feeling suddenly changes and you have to like grow as a person to learn about it but it's still yeah. difficult to do because like your first love like they're they're there forever if yeah. only that was true huh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh so because of that though but like it's fun to hear the playful verse and then just go into this like really emotional sad chorus and especially like you know going to the end of the song yes uh so yeah like it's just it plays with emotion very well it doesn't feel like it takes advantage of anything like it, it makes you feel what the lyrics want you to feel so I think it's just a really well written track I definitely agree with everything you just said hey um, it feel well I mean that won't be all the time um, <laughs> no hell it no. does it feels like a ballad when it comes in and by the time the song is sort of wrapping up and, and tying up any loose ends it sounds and it feels desperate. It feels like he's just trying to grab it, just something to hold on to. And the the couple of lines, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in somebody else's sky, but why can't it be mine? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? And, and listening to it, it sounds like it sounds like he's drowning and he's just trying to grab someone's hand to save him. And it's it is wild the emotion that just a couple of lines and some music can invoke in somebody that isn't even in that situation at the moment. Exactly, because you, you can relate to it in some way or form. Like, even if it's not, like, relationship-wise, like, something about that line can ring in you, just, like, have something important happen, but it's gone now, and you're like, why couldn't I still be in that situation? Yeah. So this is, it is pretty heavy, and, like, you can, uh, the vast majority of people who listen to it can probably relate to it in some way. Mm. All right, so now the nitpicky portion. And, like, I want to make this very clear. I wanna, I'm going to preface this because, again, as a songwriter, like, I understand using emotion in song length in repetitive portions of songs to further the emotion like mm -hmm. i know how that works and I, I there's a lot of songs that do that that i adore but the ending of this one dragging on with that falsetto going on for a solid minute if not more yeah. it becomes a little grating like like listen i don't mind if the song goes on and on but like there's something about that falsetto that just after a while it's like okay let's just hear something else now <laughs> Yep. Like it, I, again, I know he's using that for an emotional purpose, and like it could be seen as like a, kind of like a wailing and a weeping type of uh, scenario. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know, it just goes on a smidge too long for me to be super comfortable with. So like, it bumped that track down a little bit for me when I was like putting my rankings together. Does it kind of feel like you're sitting next to somebody who's bawling their eyes out, and you're like, 
what do I do now? <laughs> what yeah, is like happening? It, it, it could even be like someone you're comfortable with, but like if yeah. it goes on a little too long, like you, you, you try to comfort you, like the first portion of it, like it feels like you can try to comfort this person, like arm around them, it's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then like after a while, they just keep going and they're like not even listening to you. It's just like pat on the back. Okay. All right. We're going to be fine. I'm going to go get some water and yeah, <laughs> just walk yeah. away. Um, I, I don't know. Like I felt like it could still be as effective if it didn't go like just the falsetto portion like listen i don't hate the falsetto but just the length of time it went on and also i will say it maybe this is just me and i have a weird imagination but i've seen pearl jam live and they played black um there's something about listening to 15,000 people doing that falsetto for about a solid minute and a half that takes away from the emotion for me. I'm just like, this sounds kind of silly because I can hear people's voices cracking doing it behind yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, I'm not sad anymore. It's, oh, it's kind of funny, geez. actually. It's like teenagers crying about lost romance, which essentially yeah. what, that's, what the song is. <laughs> I, I can definitely I can definitely see the, the concert humor for sure. Like, the emotion is there, but when you hear the 60-year-old man behind you, you're like what <laughs> and what's even funnier is that like the song rings out and the audience is still going yeah so like they're still going there's no sound except that i'm just like guys please that's enough yeah, i want to hear the next track well, i mean like eddie was drunk on i'm assuming he's drunk on stage because he had like two or three bottles of wine through that whole show oh, yeah. uh so he was just kind of like pacing the stage and kind of looking in the audience just kind of like doing this like just clapping like hey you're all doing a great job i'm like don't encourage them yeah. <laughs> you stop it stop it you have yep. other songs we could listen to but we have to listen to these <laughs> drunk old people doing falsettos well it's it's probably why live they uh, speed up a lot of their songs because they're like oh crap we have 20 songs to fit in the 10 minutes let's go let's do this yeah exactly so now we move on to another gigantic hit that you hear way too often on the radio. Jeremy, you're spoken class again. That's exactly how he sings it too. Don't question me. <laughs> Just to start off this, I'll, my very first point is that 12 string bass, though. That's my very first. That's the bass that the line that opens the entire track. And I remember when I first heard that line, like I thought he just kind of like this was back when I was younger and I didn't know the concept of a double string guitar type thing. Yeah, I was just like, he so he recorded that so perfectly, like like dubbing a higher harmony over top of the lower harmony. Like, wow, that's so talented. I mean, that is talented. Don't get me wrong, but holy shit, that twelve string bass and the fact that the tone on it is so perfect makes me love the intro to that song oh yeah oh yeah i i actually don't have much at all to say about this song um just sort of touching back on the hotel california even flow feeling that's what i get from jeremy i i love the song for what it is the lyrical concept the the just I can't even pick anything that stands out at me because I like to accept it as a whole. Yeah. But I would like to hear that song once every year and I'm good. 
Yeah, I mean, I could agree to that because the Hotel California thing, although to me, even flow is the bigger one, but like that's just yeah. my own personal opinion. Um, but yeah, I under, I definitely understand about overhearing this song too much. But like, at the very least, all I can say about that is like, at least with this song, if you listen to the radio edit or the full length version, mm-hmm. um, they both work. Like, none of them feel like they're dragging on or cut off too short. Like, everything just yeah. kind of works. So, whatever you're in the mood for, if like, if you don't want to hear Jeremy in that particular day and you happen to get the three and a half minute version, you're like, ah, okay, I can, I can digest this as compared to like the five minute version of Jeremy, which yeah. is on the album. But I will say though, what I really enjoy about the song is it, it maintains a really good and consistent momentum. Like, obviously, some parts get a little louder than others, but like, I don't know, nothing ever feels flat in this song. Like, it feels like the what you're started off on as soon as the first verse kicks in is like kind of what the ride you're taking on. So everything kind of sits properly. You don't really change emotion through the song. It, it just it's it's good. It's a good ride while it lasts. Yeah, I I think I don't actually know what I would think of the song's sort of concept and idea if I didn't have such a vivid image of the. Um, the video. I know it's not part of the album or anything, but it definitely added to its success and it's sort of boosting it up, you know? Oh yeah, we mentioned earlier about Jeremy's dark lyrics, so you want to talk about the video. Yeah, it's all about school shootings. Isn't that fun? Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Oh lord. What other smiles can Eddie Vedder give us today? No, but yeah, actually, it's funny because I've only I've only ever seen the video like once or twice. I don't recall a lot about it. Like I do remember like flash frames in my mind, and like there was quite literal flash frames in the video of yeah, kids just going, yeah. "Uh." <laughs> it's been like I'm probably gonna have to go on YouTube and watch it again because yeah, I don't think I've watched the video for Jeremy in years and years. I've kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, I'm just used to it being on the radio, so that's about it. Yeah, I I I think it was one of the first songs that I've heard that I did hear of Pearl Jams that use those who's ha's little falsetto this and yeah the the breathing and everything and that kind of adds a sort of frantic like sort of what do I do where am I going feeling and, well, even, and with the subject matter I feel like that's fitting as well yeah and even with the ending of the song where he's doing that uh, uh, it, like yeah. it, 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 that that is the most uneasiest feeling of the song because it just it, it sounds so out of place but like you know why it's there yeah. and like I, I, so I'm not going to nitpick on that because actually I, I like that they added that because it, it does add a little more yeah franticness and everything to the track that's very dark subject matter as it is so yeah. I like you know in a way you appreciate it in a very sad and dark way (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel like there's nothing much i can say about it that isn't just about you know the story that inspired it or sort of going off on this hiking tangent so just to stay on track i think i'm gonna gonna close my commentary on jeremy for now no yeah that's that's fair too because as i said like we're not gonna do like a lot of like lyrical breakdown anyways but if you if you are new to discovering jeremy like if you're young enough that like jeremy like is one of the first songs you're listening to right now um i i highly recommend reading the backstory behind the lyrics uh, because it's based on a true story uh, and it's not pleasant so I mean just go in with caution viewer viewer the reader's discretion advice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, like, it is an important song. It's really well written, a fantastic song. But just understand, it is very dark subject matter. So just go in carefully. Yeah, definitely. 
But we will move on now to number song number seven, Oceans, which is um, it's a single from the album that I do not remember at all. I don't Neither think this, do I. Because like I I don't recall hearing this on the radio. I think there's a video for it that I don't, don't even recall seeing. Like, but it's listed as one of the singles from this album, hmm. which is weird because Black is more noticeable than Oceans. Oh yeah, it definitely more played. I like you said. I don't think I've ever ever heard Oceans on the radio unless it was maybe when it came out and I was <clears throat> years old so I'm not too sure young enough that just it was in the background you weren't paying attention we'll just oh, say that definitely. much <laughs> definitely definitely but you know what I, I will say this one this it, it this the song is quieter than everything else because it relies a lot more on like percussive and auxiliary um, mm-hmm. as compared to other tracks or just like guitar driven and everything like that yeah. so I will say it has one of the more unique compositions on the album and it's like kind of a nice breath of fresh air as compared to everything else I don't know it, it feels like a moment of calm out of everything we just heard and especially considering it follows Jeremy like you need a moment of rest and I think Oceans is that perfect track for that yeah it to me it it felt like the beginning of side two where I think it would be too Jeremy ends on a high note you're just you're, a you're high feeling note you <laughs> you're, yeah, I, know, well, I know what you mean I know what well, you mean well musically and, and you feel very um you feel I guess I don't really know how to how to describe it other than you just kind of feel energetic just from how loud and how sort of, you know, punchy in the face the song is. And then Oceans is just sort of, you know, OK, we're going to relax. We're going to set up side two. We're going to, you know, drive back in, but we're just going to take a breather. We're going to take the car, go off on a scenic lookout, you know, take a pee break. And then we'll get back in the car and we'll hit the road again. And, you know, it, it's I, I think this is what I'm this is our first episode, by the way so i mean like we're still gonna be like getting into a lot of things and like changing things as they go and i think i'm having one of those moments right now because i'm like looking at my notes because again i have notes for each song um and there's one i'm looking at that i wrote that i no longer agree with uh, because i'm starting to feel like a difference on it so the first one i have is the song short and sweet but that's a good thing because like i mean it's only two minutes and 45 seconds i think but it's very effective in that time uh again one of those things you don't think too much on the length of and my next note is that it's minimal but effective could have done a little more with it but it still works but here's now i'm starting to change my mind on that because i'm kind of glad it's a short song like they, they don't have to do any more with it because like when you're taking a breath of fresh air it's not meant to be a long time it's yeah. just you're collecting your bearings and then you move on to whatever else you're doing and so in this album it's moving on to the next song but like the idea is like you just came off of a really heavier very emotional section of music especially with jeremy being the last song and so this song is just like breathing point okay we're good let's get on so yeah. i'm kind of now just agreeing with my own last point about could have done more with it let's just scratch that and say the song is really well and <laughs> really well written it works for what it is and uh, yeah again just unique composition i really liked how they relied a lot more on just like auxiliary percussion and just like softer sounds and everything like that i let me see here oh so speaking of the the percussion um i really like the floor toms just adding like a grandiose feel in such a short time where it's just it's very 
I don't know. I do imagine sitting on a rocky coast, just staring out at the ocean. Just it to me, it, it paints a very nice sonic picture. If uh, this is where I could possibly be corrected too, but I know that Eddie Vedder wrote maybe one or two tracks of this album uh, while he was at the beach, like surfing or watching friends surf, and he got like inspired to write songs. And I think Oceans is one of those songs while he was on the beach. So like he did, he was. If, if I'm if I am correct about this, he was inspired by the waves too, and just like the, the openness of everything. So that could very well go a long way with why the, like the floor toms are so prominent. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, I, I think the toms are one of the most underrated things about drums in general because I mean like you can have your snares your crashes your kick drums because I mean like that's just typical rock track but I mean like yeah. how you utilize tom drums can add a lot of emotion uh, it can assert a lot of things for people to like really feel more in a song and so like yeah I like that this song didn't rely on like the snares and the cymbals and everything like that it was all like basic percussion the auxiliary background percussion it was just I don't know it, this is a very nice song to have yeah, I, I liked it the more I was listening to it because the first couple of listens were actually my first listens. And I I just kind of felt it was sort of a throwaway. But the more I listened to it, the more I sort of focused on each part, each point. And those those toms really stuck out to me as sort of like a, a swell where it's just sort of it builds up, builds up. But there's no obnoxious release it's just a swell and then it's just a slow quiet sort of you know flow after so yeah I, like I feel that. I feel like if this song suddenly picked up into like basic drums and guitar solo and heavier guitars like it would have ruined the feeling yeah, and actually probably, I feel like it would have bumped it down lower on my list because I just like it's it's nice for what it is it's nice for its length and just nice for what it's trying to make you feel so again nice breath of fresh air I think that's like that's the one sentence I would use to describe the entire song <laughs> But then yeah, we move yeah. on. And with the image oh. I see in my head, the fresh air is definitely in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, like all part, it's all part of the beach scenery. So like it's yeah. just going to be the, the waves coming in, the breeze and the seagulls not pooping on you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. he didn't write about the seagulls pooping on him. Thank God. Okay, so the next song, song number eight on this album is Porch. And I... I I mean, I'll, I'll be straightforward. I don't hate this song, but I, f I, I will say it straight up. I'll spoil it. This was probably the weaker entry on the album to me. Mm -hmm. uh, like, it's a nice pickup from the last song to get kind of back flowing into the energy, but there's just a lot I felt lacking about this song. To me, it kind of gives me like a sort of a, I guess in, in some way, and don't come at me if I'm wrong, um, but sort of like an old school sort of punky, very to the point right there, you know, no walking around the point. You just hit it and you walk away. I wish the song was longer because I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the energy to it, but I don't know. I, I didn't find too, too much um, too too much wrong or too too much that I didn't like but I just wish that there was more of it to kind of paint a bigger picture of it yeah and like I, I don't mind like punky style writing everything like that and as a matter of fact like even in my own songwriting those types of things appear every once in a while mm -hmm. even though I'm not like a punk writer but still like it's, it's, it's there so like I am inspired by those elements uh, but like I don't know like to me this when I, when I first heard the song I listened to it twice just because like I wanted to make sure I felt the way I did about it. Um, 
it, it this feels like a, like a filler track to me like the last song they wrote for the album because they needed one more song to fill a quota type thing so yeah. like nothing really stood out too much about it like so it's just it felt like filler yeah and again it's not a bad song i don't hate this song but it like I, i've already kind of spoiled my ranking for this song on the list like it, it's just <laughs> it's the weaker entry and just like i don't know because i I'd, I, I'd have to listen to the track again because I, 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 sorry, I can speak. I already don't remember the, uh, this this note here because I've said the middle of the uh, middle of the solo section is different from the rest of the track, but it works very well. I yeah. already for, that that just goes to show though that the fact that I can't remember what it sounds like already and I just listened to it a couple hours ago yeah. shows how forgettable the song is to me. Yeah, and that's, I, I, that's understandable. Yeah, and like if you love the song, that's fantastic. Like if you find something that you truly connect with in the song in one way or another, that's great. But unfortunately, it's just not there for me. So this will appear a little lower on my list. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is definitely a little higher on mine. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Well, when I say something's on the bottom, like you could say anything's higher, it could literally be the next step up. <laughs> Because that's we'll never know. <laughs> well, we'll know in about five minutes. <laughs> All right, so song number nine, uh, a song that I was actually pleasantly surprised by. Because again, I do not remember this track, "Garden." Yeah. Um, this one is another song that was really good and effective with its emotional style of writing. I like. I think I liked the song more than I was anticipating. But to be honest, I didn't know what I was anticipating. But because I just came off a of porch. Uh, no pun intended, I guess. I just realized it's fine coming out the porch. Anyway. Into the garden. <laughs> off the porch into the garden. So the garden was more liberating than the porch was. How about that? Yeah. But yeah, like it, it was a good balance of like, you know, light and heavy again because it had its moments of both. Uh, good emotional composition. But I think my biggest issue with the song is that it feels slightly incomplete. And oh, yeah. maybe, maybe do a little more with it. Like in... I just feel like the length of the song doesn't do it justice. It could have been a little longer. They could have done a little more with it because... The way this song was going, it could have been so much better than it was, which, again, I already like the song, so... Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, to me, it's kind of like Oceans, where the more I listen to it, the more I do enjoy it. I know it will grow on me. Um, it feels like something that I'm going to pick something new about it every time and sort of fixate on, oh, I really like this sound, or I really like the way they phrase, he phrased this, or whatnot. But, uh, I feel in the grand scheme of the album, it kind of feels like we've passed the apex where it's sort of we're in the resolution phase where it's just sort of everything's tying up. We're kind of you can for me, I can tell that the album is coming to a close. It's interesting that you mentioned that because the next song, because like I don't have a lot to say, uh, much else to say about Garden. Like again, yeah. great, great song. I understand where you're coming from on it too. So like, it's not that I disagree with it. But then going to the next song, Deep, song number ten. Wow, this is this is Eddie Vedder's apex. Like this, this song is crazy. This is one of his best performances, like ever. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's already great in what he does, and he's so good at projecting and like showing emotion, and he knows what he how he wants to present his lyrics. But Deep is like so energetic and aggressive. Like he's just all over this track, and like I don't know. I I love this one. And again, this is one I've never even heard. So this was a surprise to like walk into type thing or like rediscover, I should say. Like this this one was a lot of fun. 
Okay, um, I'm going to hide my face while I say this one. Um, Didn't like it. I I felt a little fatigued by how aggressive it sounded, just compared to the amount that I had just listened to. I I wasn't listening to it song by song. I listened just whole album, one go, and by the end, it was kind of like a okay. I, I think I'm done now. So it was harder for me to objectively listen to the song when all I'm thinking is, when is this done? Oh, and man. I love them and I feel bad for saying that, but I, I know I'm going to revisit the song and I I know that down the road we're going to revisit this whole album. Yeah, don't worry, we will redux gonna this. Change. Oh, we yeah. Will, we will 100% redux this one day. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I'm sure my opinion will change, but just the couple of go-throughs that I was listening to, I, I did feel a little... I I felt speed fatigued where it's like it's just it's going at the same tempo and the same speed the whole album so when I hear another one of those songs I'm like okay I I okay <laughs> yeah it, no. it was it was an interesting choice to leave this one so again no pun intended so deep into the album <laughs> yeah um, it was an interesting choice to do that because it is like one of the more aggressive tracks on the album but I don't know I, I like I also listen to it song by song and like you know writing notes I have to keep pausing stuff and just writing down my thoughts so it took me a while to get to this one so but it's so interesting that I didn't feel the same fatigue as you do but like I do yeah. feel that in other albums yes but when I got to this one though it was just I don't know it, it kind of like woke me back up I was like oh okay this is this is a song it's fantastic listen to them going crazy and just, again I think Vetter's performance on this one is the best on the album like yeah. this I don't know about the entire discography of Pearl Jam because I'd have to go back and like revisit literally everything but this like I think just the song is good but Vetter's performance alone bumped this score up for me so high yeah I was just excited when the song like by the time I was done I was like wow holy shit yeah you just want to listen to it again and again right well I did after I wrote my notes yeah. I listened to it at least one more time I, I wrote down that I, I don't I just thinking about the whole album I don't think this track could have been placed anywhere else than where it was just in between Garden and the last song release it just it feels it feels good where it is it's that one last burst before yeah. like because like actually we could just kind of transition to that right now the, the very the final song on the album release so like deep is that last burst whereas release is is literally what it says it is it's a release like it's 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 a very calming song and, and it, again i'm gonna have to like go against one of my own points here because like now that i'm thinking about it like it makes more sense because like the song feels like a good release so it feels like like that that just you know a valve opening up and just letting the water the yeah. pressure's gone because yep. one of my notes i literally says um let's see well written and performed shouldn't have been the closer to the album even though i now disagree with that because i now <laughs> the more i think about it it's like you know what it is a good closer to the album yeah and I mean, like, uh, again, uh, going down the road, we'll probably cover Nine Inch Nails, my favorite band ever. But, like, I, I've always thought about that, about the song Hurt, which is on the Downward Spiral. Uh, and, like, you have this insanely aggressive album, but then you have Hurt, which is, like, this quiet, like, very sad track. But it works as an ending. Yeah. Like, it, like it, a song that you wouldn't expect, but maybe depending on how you're listening to the album, it could work really well. And I guess again on my first time around i didn't think about that too much yeah but, the way but release the, is definitely good for that the way i feel about release is just kind of 
I, I think of it kind of like a movie or a book or just sort of any sort of storytelling where you have the apex or you have the uh, the conflict and then the resolution and release kind of feels like after all of that is said and done and the character is sort of they're back to their day to day. They're back to the calm and sort of explaining where their life is now. And, you know, their life is so different and they're just they're in a better place. And that's how I feel compared to once the leading track to release the end track. It's it's vastly different. And it feels like there was a lot of, I guess, personal progression as the album goes on. And it, it definitely feels like a movie. And actually, if anything, it mirrors human emotion very well, because I think anger and aggression are the some of the first things people will let out if they have a lot of it. Yeah. Because, like, it's the easiest thing to just start bursting and just scream type thing. Oh, but then yeah. as you're letting it out, like, the aggression and anger starts leaving and then other emotions kind of follow behind it. So, yeah. like, yeah, like, you have a lot of that, like, darkness going through the album and then release is just, like, not, again, I don't know the lyrical breakdown, so I can't really comment on that, but, like, just the feeling of the last song isn't angry anymore it's just like okay woo just I open that commercial where the girl has like, I see it on the internet a bunch where she's like it's a mental health commercial she's standing in front of a mirror and she's like struggling to breathe she unzips her chest and all these words just fall out and then suddenly she's yeah. like taking a deep sighs and breaths and everything that like she can breathe again yeah. like that's kind of what this felt like now that I'm thinking more about it yeah, like feels like an understanding of the uh, the preceding aggressions. Yeah, exactly. And even on a side note about the song too, I have this written. Um, this song reminded me so much of what's to come in other Pearl Jam albums and actually the song that came to mind. I have this written exactly. Feels like the catalyst to future tracks like Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. I think it's called it's a long title. Yeah. But I yeah, believe it's yeah. on the next album Versus. But the idea is like this song reminded me so much of that. It's like so Eddie was still definitely having this in his mind because it sounds very similar like in many ways. Yeah. I'm going to actually, actually have to take a, a comparison of those two just so I can kind of get that in my head. Listen to release and then listen to Eld Elderly Woman um, yeah. because you'll notice there's a lot of similarities. So I think that song was still kind of fresh in his head mm -hmm. uh, when they went into the verse sessions. Okay. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's not a bad track at all. I really enjoyed it. And the more I think about it, I think I enjoyed it more than I did on my initial listen. Just because, again, like I said, it wasn't probably the best closer to the album, but I mean, uh, I'll, eat, I'll eat crow, I'll eat my shoe, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> give, give me something bad to eat and I'll eat it because I admit that I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't want to say that I, I loved it. I didn't hate it. It was just a logical conclusion that I don't think fit anywhere else than where it was. And I like that. Yeah, no, that, that I agree with that. I wouldn't have in the beginning, but I do now that I've had time <laughs> to reflect on it. Okay, so now we are going into the actual song rankings themselves. Make sure I, I want to make sure I have everything in order here. So it looks like there's a number missing. Nine. Oh, did I make a number missing? Eight, nine, ten. I, no, I didn't. Okay, I, I left that one on purpose because I know what the ending is. Okay, fine. So here's what's going to happen with this one. I mean, we're not since we're in a Zoom call, we can't do this uh, perfectly. But don't worry. That's what post-production's for. So when you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to the audio version, we're going to talk about this. But if you're watching the audio version, I'll put up a little graphic of where we're going to rank these songs from 11 to 1 because there's 11 songs on the album. Yes. 
Uh, so obviously we've discussed the album ranking already, which we'll get into after the song rankings. So we already know where the album sits, but we don't know where the song sits in each other's lists. So this is where it's going to be like a fun reveal to not only ourselves, but the audience as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> fun times. Fun times of arguing and hatred. And this is probably the last episode. <laughs> yep. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> okay. Right. So we're going to start. W- okay. So I don't want to call this worst to best because like, I don't want to believe that there was a worst song on this album yeah so just use any sort of like terminology you will like least favorite to favorite uh weakest to strongest like but just know that we don't necessarily hate any of these songs it's just our personal ranking of like our preferences yeah but we're gonna start at the bottom though so we're gonna start with number 11 so my number 11 uh there's no spoiler here because i already told you before porch uh that to me was the the weakest entry um, the way I did my list, I have a lot of duplicates. So out of the ties, I'm just going to sort of say which one I prefer. Um, okay. I'm going to put, I'm probably actually going to put Oceans as oh, the really? last one. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm also writing but yours like I, in. Like I said, I think it's going to grow on me the more I listen to it. So I I will give it a chance for sure. Fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. That one actually appears a little higher on my list. But like, because I, I guess it just hit me a little more when I yeah. first heard it. But again, yeah, opinions can always change. And we'll tell you what, if things change drastically over the course of X amount of episodes, we will redux this album one day. Maybe it'll be completely different. It'll go from like whatever tier it is now to another tier or song orders might change i don't know yeah. if, if we really need to we'll do it but other than that this is official <laughs> okay so <laughs> song number 10 i put in once uh although like i loved this song growing up too it's one of the also one of the first songs i heard by pearl jam besides animal and jeremy and even flow and all that stuff but yeah like i don't know reflecting on the album now just listening to it I feel like I don't know it didn't hit me as well as it did as a kid so it's at number 10 for me uh, number 10 for me will be Deep um, same story with Oceans I just need to give it some time to sort of you know sprout and, and grow the more I water it and listen to it you know maybe it'll become bigger than it is but right now it's it's sitting at number 10 for me fair enough I mean I- again like we are already on like almost opposite spectrums here i could tell you that because you're gonna hear something <laughs> you'll hear these names come up a little later in the list yeah okay so my number nine is black um again not necessarily a terrible song but just to, i'm not gonna lie maybe i'm just nitpicking a lot but like just again the falsetto ending just kind of like lowered the score for me a little bit other than that it's a great track it's like well written i love it but just as it is it's number nine on my list Number nine for me is Garden. Um, Oceans Deep and Garden all had the same score. So uh, I had to make the the terrible choice of choosing which one of my children I like the most. But uh, yeah, Garden, I would put it uh, at number nine. I liked it. I didn't love it, but it's not a track I would purposely skip. Fair enough. Again, just although that one's not too opposite, though, like that one's coming up very soon on my list here. But I I, I get where you're coming from. Like, yeah, it doesn't stand out too much on the album. But at the same time, like it it feels different from what I'm used to because like, you know, Jeremy and Evenflow just like take over the charts. Yeah. So songs like those kind of excited me a little more. Yeah. A little little, uh, 
you know, change in scenery, right? Exactly, yeah. So number eight for me is why go? Like I like I, I enjoyed the track. Obviously, not I enjoyed it more than to not put it towards the bottom. Although it's it's technically closer to the bottom, but it it was good. But it, again, it reminded me a lot of once, but just it felt better than once. So yeah. that's why it is where it is now. It's not the greatest, but it's better than that type thing. Yeah, I understand that. I say release. Release. Yeah, I. Uh, I I don't know. There's just something about it that will keep me coming back, but I it's not going to be my go-to track on the album. Fair enough too. And like realistically, you can skip like the last three-ish minutes of the song because oh, yeah. the the ending literally is just full circle because it's what plays at the beginning of once. Yeah. And so like it just kind of like leads you back into that circle, so you can just listen to the whole yeah. album again, and then the next album. I I believe has a song called spin the black circle well then i feel like that's a reference to the album 10 <laughs> oh god spin the black circle is another fantastic song we'll get to that album one day yep okay so yes i said why go you said release so number yes. seven i have garden as number seven because i did enjoy it again doesn't stand out too much but i liked it enough that i'm going to remember it going forward so i'm probably gonna listen to it again and see what i really liked about it yeah because sometimes it takes more than one listen to like really find something you like yes yeah or even more than five or six listens, then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting the concept. I'm getting what they're going for. And it, it takes on a new meaning. Yeah. And there's albums I listen to years later, not even just necessarily this one, but like other bands too. There's albums and songs I listen to years later where I'm still discovering new things about tracks. I'm like, oh, wait, that sounds pretty cool. What's that sound? That's pretty neat. Yeah. And it becomes your favorite for a period of time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So mine is Jeremy. Uh, I kind of situated it in the center for, for the most part. Um, the, uh, the fatigue of listening to it all the time for the last 30 years is just kind of, it hasn't lost its meaning, but it has lost its intensity. That, that's understandable. That's me with even flow too. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? It's fair enough. Transition to the next point because mine's even flow at number six, uh, <laughs> and it, it's the exact same reason. Like although Jeremy doesn't have that same quality to me, where I'm exhausted of it. Like I, I don't mind it so much. Like yeah. I can take it as background noise too. Like it doesn't bother me. But like even flow is the one where it's just like, ah, eh, what else is on? Like you know, just I'll listen to it maybe another time. Just not now. Like I've heard it way too much. Hotel California here. Yep. So yep. Uh, like even flow again, fantastic track. Like really really well written and as I said probably some of his best writing on the album but just yeah I'm exhausted of that particular track so that's why it's lower than it would be on probably most other people's Fair I can see I can see even flow being like a top three for most people. Yeah. But like if yeah, if you're exhausted of these songs, then it's definitely gonna be a little lower. So for number six, I have Alive. Okay. I I like that song a lot. I don't like it as much as the songs that I have ranked higher than that, but it is definitely a song that is welcome in the car, welcome in the house, welcome in my brain, and I will not turn it off. I'll take that. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, even though that you are, but I mean, like, <laughs> especially you listening at home, you're wrong too. Actually, no, I can't, I'm not going to say that. I, I did I not say in the, did we not say in the beginning, we're not going to tolerate bullying and discrimination or whatever. <laughs> oh, no, no. But that was to everybody else. Oh, I can still hate your decisions. That's fine. You're, Wait, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number five, I actually, that's where I put release. 
I don't know because again, like even I guess I had some foresight even while making my list before we started the podcast. Like I enjoyed what the song was and I enjoyed what it did, so mm-hmm. I felt like it deserved like a higher place. I'm ignoring the last three minutes because like I, listen, I love jam sessions and songs. I absolutely adore it. Like I listen to a lot of Frank Zappa, yep. uh, so I, I know a thing or two about that. But the idea is just like I don't know. I can just take the first four minutes of the track and just be happy with that. It works for what it is. Like I have this weird tendency to rate songs like ending songs and albums based on like how emotional they are sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like uh, one of my favorite ones is like uh, there's like Zero Sum by Nine Inch Nails, uh, Long Slow Goodbye by Queens of the Stone Age, like these types of things like that don't necessarily feel like enders, but they work as enders. Yeah. Uh, so release because I liked it for what it is and now that I'm ch- kind of changing my mind about how I feel about it which is more positive uh, it, I think number five is a good place for it to be on the list I place black um, I definitely understand your opinions on the uh, falsetto ending I enjoy it but it also just might be the exposure that I've had to it where I don't even notice how long it is anymore or any of that by the time the song is ended I'm like oh that that was it it's done and it is longer than what I'm normal or what I'm used to listening to but uh, but yeah I I definitely thought it had its place at near the top of the list. Yeah, that's fair because again, it's an excellent tr- track. Like very, very. Like I've said this about pretty much every track on the album. Very well <laughs> written. Eddie Vedder doing his thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just I don't know. It, it was so. I try to ignore it, like just try to let the song flow. But like if I'm in a car and I hear it, like. I'll start to feel uncomfortable after a while. Just come like this is still going, and like how does how does the person next to me feel? Like oh, I, just, I get anxious. So I mean, like I don't know. I guess it bothers me in that way. So that's why it's like number nine on my list, and it's like what five on yours? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so this is where we start really going like opposite direction here because number four I have oceans. Uh, so oceans to me again, really good breath breath of fresh air. Kind of takes away some of the tension that was built up in the first half of the album, and just I don't know, it's needed. It and I appreciate it. Some I appreciate songs like this, and you'll hear me making Nine Inch Nails references forever because I'm again huge fan of Nine Inch Nails. But the, <laughs> the album, The Downward Spiral, like the first nine songs are just a nightmare. Like it is like so intense and so crazy. But then song number ten, A Warm Place, is just like this beautiful calm spot to be in it literally is a warm place because it's that one place where you can just be away from the chaos and the terror of everything so i love songs like this that's my point like i love songs that can just take you out of that tension and just give you a moment to breathe so i had to put ocean somewhere on this list it's not not number one and obviously not top three but it's high enough up that i can still give it a lot of respect I can respect that opinion. I am throwing even flow at uh, even at number four. I I have to say that regardless of how much I've heard the song and you know sort of how much I sort of talk about how f- just fatigued I am from hearing it. I absolutely love that the riff is constant through the whole song, whether it's the guitar or the bass taking over as both guitars are soloing. There's such a constant to it that you don't lose what the point is. And I like yeah. that. And actually, that's one point I don't think I mentioned when we were talking about even flow, but like I mentioned that the, like the riffs and licks are really great, but like I love the verse, the, the guitar and the, like the verses because like they're harmonized guitar 
guitars playing the exact same line. So like, I don't know, it, it makes it like, cause you hear the intro to the song, it's just that heavy riff. And also I love sliding riffs too. Like they sound fantastic. Yeah. But then once it gets to the, the, the verse, it gets really quiet, not really quiet, but it gets quieter, but like they're harmonizing with each other rather than just playing the same thing. And it's, it sounds really nice. So it adds a lot to it. So yeah, yeah like even flow sounds really good in that way. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so we're going down to number three again. Top opposite three. ends of the spectrum. Yeah, these are the, these are the important tracks that we're going to have to recommend, I guess. But even though uh, we apparently <laughs> going to be so very much disagree. I'm look, looking at the lists here. And I don't think there's a single song that we're going to match in the top three at all. We're, we're <laughs> off of every. Like I'm writing down. Like my answers are on my screen. Your answers I'm writing down in this little notepad next to me. And so far, yep. nothing matches. Yep. So number three, I have deep. Uh, again, because I love that it's that last little burst of like just this heavy energy. Vetter uh, just with this ungodly performance uh and just i don't know i i, I as i said it, the track woke me back up not that the album was putting me to sleep but like it reinvigorated me like you know i was i was ready to go again yeah. so like i love that feeling that an album could do that i love how much power is behind it so deep had to be in my top three just for that reason alone well, if if anybody is keeping track, um, you definitely see that my top three are all the fast, aggressive ones. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, but my number three is Why Go. Um, I liked how sort of to the point it was, it felt very... I don't know. It felt very sporadic and very sort of, I don't know, confusing, like you had mentioned with the chorus and there being the second version of the chorus. And I did like I, that, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the uh, the change and just sort of how fast and uh, sort of, I don't know, it, it just it makes me feel good. <laughs> and that's all that matters sometimes. And see, that's how I felt about Deep. That's why it's in my top three. Like, it, it made me feel like awake again and just wanted to get at it so i i completely understand that feeling so number two uh i have jeremy on my list so yes uh it is one of the songs where you can get fatigue because of how often it's played on the radio i don't know why i just wrote that on this paper because this is for your list <laughs> so yeah uh jeremy is on my list again i understand that fatigue from the radio yeah. but this song is unforgettable like not just from the lyrical context because again we already discussed that very dark subject matter but the idea is just like there's nothing wrong with this song I literally sat there on purpose listening to this track trying to nitpick it and I was like yeah. I don't know what I dislike about it like I, I'm literally trying I'm not just trying to kiss their ass but like even I think I even read too that like Jeremy like when they were writing it they knew it was a hit like they knew it was going to yeah. be the thing and so like when the band is that confident then they've released the song that legitimately is a big thing you can't go wrong I mean like it just Jeremy is it's a fantastic track like it really is although obviously I guess my number one's kind of spoiled now but the idea is <laughs> um, this song just can't go wrong just if it stopped playing on the radio and I could, I could only hear it like once or twice a month I'd be fine with that and it'd be like it would be the perfect song it would be my new number one yeah but then my number one is is the song that I only hear once or twice a month, so that's why it is where it is. What's, what's your number two? <laughs> my number two. Now it was it was fairly difficult to decide which one I liked the most out of the remaining two, but I decided to throw Porch into number two. Oh, my number really, eleven. It was really difficult for me not to put it number one, but it's something about just how fast and aggressive and just kind of in 
your face it was because personal preference that's normally what i will gravitate to yeah i always have the complaint that i wish the song was longer but as i had mentioned previously if it was longer it may have sort of meandered somewhere that was sort of beyond the point that they were trying to get to so i know that the the length is there for a reason and on purpose but i can't help but want seconds when i hear it the first time yeah i mean i get that i guess maybe i'm also in that position where i have to re-listen to some tracks and to really appreciate them because again like i just listened to this like a handful of hours ago for the first time in forever so i mean like maybe i just need a fresh perspective and a couple takes on it but my number one is the one I haven't said yet, Alive. Yes, I know it's a radio single, but the idea is this song never gets old to me. Like, I know I said that about Jeremy, too, but I mean, like, the uh, granted, it's so weird that I would choose this one to be number one because I actually nitpicked this one and I couldn't find anything to nitpick about Jeremy. <laughs> but I don't know. Alive makes me feel so much better or it makes me feel alive. There you go. There's your pun. Um, <laughs> no, but just everything about it, it takes you on an emotional roller coaster. It has its like nice calm moments, kind of like black. And then it kind of like picks up the pace. Yeah. But the thing is, like, it doesn't get too dark. I mean, it's, again, not breaking down lyrics. It doesn't get too dark tonally or like musically. And just it kind of keeps you like feeling a little uplifted and just just a constant progression where towards the end of the song when it's just doing it's like outro jam thing it just it's just super energy right then and there yeah and i believe this is the song that has that really cool bass outro where it's just that like little bass lick and everything on the fret list it sounds really cool but yeah i don't know uh, I, I could go on a long time about this but i'm trying to keep it short just alive does so much more for me than jeremy does so that's why it's at the top of my list I, uh, if it's not a surprise by now, I have thrown once the title track into my title track of my rankings. I love how your bottom, my bottom two are your top two. (laughs) (laughs) We're too different. Well, this will make for a uh, very interesting analysis going forward, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I really like the gritty vocals. I like the imagery that I get with the intro sounds before the song even kicks in it it feels dirty and gritty and sort of I don't know I don't want to say it sounds wrong but it, it doesn't sound you know like skip through the park you know la 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 it's very like there's I don't a lot know, of tension in it yeah oh very much so and the the muttering in the bridge it it feels like you're in your own head but not in a pleasant way and i really enjoy that sort of juxtaposition to what i normally feel day to day it pulls me out of that and it gives me something new and i like that a lot yeah there's like this in the the bridges as you mentioned like there's that like manic kind of uh just constant flowing mindset like backstreet lover on the side of the road i got a 16 gauge buried under my coat like just like all these like random thoughts popping up type thing so like yeah i can see where that comes from and it is interesting that's actually probably my favorite part of the song because like the verse is like very like uh, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but yeah, it's not staccato because staccato is a very different thing. But the idea is like, it's like chunky with the lyrics where it's like, it's broken up a lot and it's like more digestible, but then just like yeah. this rapid fire mindset shoots in, in the, in the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably like my favorite part of it. So I could see that being there. 
Yeah, yeah. But I, I like the feeling it gives me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know I love how opposite this is. It's 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 pleasing in the weirdest way. I'm so curious to know what you're going to think of the next album because I don't even know if you've heard anything <laughs> like it. And by the way, speaking of the next album, all of you out there, I, I I don't know how popular this album is. Probably not a lot, but it's going to freak a lot of people out if they go ahead and listen to it. It might freak yeah. you out too. So I'm, I'm curious to know what your response is going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to listen to it, and I haven't listened to it yet. So just with that sort of disclaimer, I'm I'm really anticipatory to, to get it started. It's a it's not like okay, I'm gonna this you know what, I'll leave that until we're done talking because I don't want to give too many hints to the audience. <laughs> You'll have to tune in next week. Because that yeah. actually leads us to the final portion of this podcast. The title itself, we're gonna rate the record. <laughs> so this is the part where Savannah and I have actually talked off camera because we didn't talk about our song ratings, because that was again, that was completely new to us. Yeah. But we had to agree where this was gonna go on the tier list. So if you just give me a second to transition, we're gonna look at that screen right now. All right, so you should see a grid on the screen now. Uh, we would use a tier maker list, but they are very awkward about what we can and can't put in there, and we don't want to put every single album in there right now. So I have to use Photoshop. So we've talked about the songs, we've given them our rankings, and we had to discuss where we thought this album belonged. Yes. Uh, so personally, myself, I rated every song out of ten, so, so that would give, kind of give me a score system to go by of where I would put it. Yes. So did you do the same thing too? I did, and I came up with my single digit number. Excellent. Wait, single digit. Uh, well, percentage? it's not. It's, I guess it's. I guess it's percentage. Confirmed. I'm, uh, confirmed uh, Savannah's putting this in F class. See me after class. <laughs> I'm fired, aren't I? F for fired. <laughs> But yeah, we both came to our conclusion since uh, and our, and our um, percentages, yes. and we've decided that Pearl Jam's ten, this one that you should see floating around on the screen right now, dun, dun, is dun, dun, an A tier album. Oh, of course it is. It's not quite S material, but goddamn, is it good? And for a debut album, like I would say that this is just. This is just, you know, chef's kiss for a debut album. Yeah. The amount of singles, the amount of just marketable material that they have is just fantastic. And I love it. I agree because like a lot of debut albums for bands is not that they're terrible, but like some bands have to wait to like the, the sophomore album or beyond that for like yeah. their their groundbreaking album. Yeah. But like 10 really set the standard, especially in the grunge scene. Uh, so I think it's well-deserved to be high up on the list. Yes. And I mean, I, I, I don't feel too highly of like their more recent stuff over the last decade or two. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, like this was like the era. This was it. And by the way, if anyone's curious about like percentages or anything like that, like you see the numbers listed below the letters and that's all within like a 10% thing. So like 100% to 90%, 70% to 80% type thing. Yeah. So my my average came to like 77%. And I think yours came to what, 71? 71. Please don't at me. Uh, <laughs> I love all of you. And so because our averages came to the seven range, that's why it's currently sitting in the A tier. And As it I should. I, I, it like, I, I get it. There's a lot of people who absolutely adore this album. And there's very few people out there who despise this album. 
but maybe or maybe not that your choices have aligned with ours maybe yours is also in the a tier but we would love to hear where yours fell and your song rankings too like again yes, we want yes. to encourage discussion about this so go ahead let us know we have our social medias which uh if i remember correctly i i have a couple of shows so i can't remember the social medias properly <laughs> is it um, uh, rate the record podcast on facebook and instagram i believe so we are on Facebook at Rate the Record and Instagram at Rate the Record Podcast. That's right. You we can follow all us. of you. Yeah, we can. You can follow us on Twitter at Rate the Record, and uh, just please keep the conversation civil. If you disagree or agree, that's totally cool. But just be nice about it, please. I agree. We want to be civil about things. Like I get, I get it. Some people are going to be passionate. Some people, again, truly love this album. Maybe really hate that we put certain songs in certain places. We can take it, but the idea is still, you know, let's let's play cool. It's just our own personal opinions. We're not professionals. So just our own opinions. That's all it is. Yeah, and we're all Pearl Jam fans, and that's really all that matters, right? And also, you can, uh, I don't know if you mentioned, but we can you can email us also your questions, comments, concerns, whatever at uh, ratetherecord at gmail .com. Yes. Okay, and we so we'll answer personally. Yeah. We will be there, and we'll if you want us to so badly, we'll even sign which one of us actually answered the email. Ooh. I only want to talk to Savannah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. Here's Chris. Chris is a dumpster fire. I want to talk to you. Show, show feet. <laughs> Please don't be that kind of person either. Please don't be that person either. <laughs> I know there's there's a user on social media, like Instagram stuff that it's called Show Feet Guy. I think his name is. Oh lord. Uh, now that I'm calling him out, he's probably gonna someone's gonna summon him. <laughs> Anyways, we have reached the end of this episode. It's actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. Oh, we yeah. discussed the album. We're having a lot of fun. And also, yeah. we're, we got a lot of kinks to work out, obviously, because this is the very first episode, the inaugural episode of yes. this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yes, absolutely. You stuck around this long, so you deserve all the praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next Monday because it's going to be the same time every single Monday. You can catch it here on YouTube. And uh, I'm pretty sure the audio portions will be uploaded to different places. And as they are, like, you know, not upgraded but as as they're added we will go ahead and uh put those in too we'll let you know where at the point of recording this we're not exactly certain where yet except maybe anchor fm and Podbean. but other than that uh youtube's probably the main source but we will let you know of more audio stuff hopefully on spotify one day that's a goal and you will get links to everywhere we are anywhere you find us so don't yeah, worry about uh, that Exactly. Down in the description, there's actually going to be a link tree file, so you can just find everything you need to right there, rather than having to type it in yourself. Exactly. Okay, and so until next week, we hope that you stay safe, have fun. Uh, let's, again, keep it clean, keep it cool. Uh, Pearl Jam 10, awesome A-ranking album, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.